Rachel Santizo, do you want to do tequila shots before we start this? Oh, I already did. Wait, oh. is that a trick question? What's happening? <laughs> the, my, my point of bringing, bringing this up, it, I do have a point in that because we can joke about it. Uh, this is Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle. That's Rachel Santizo. And, I, and you know, I was thinking as we started out, uh, that we can joke about stuff like that now, and we can be honest about it now. I'm a recovering alcoholic, you're a recovering addict, but, but, and I'm a lot older than you. I think a few years back, we couldn't have done this podcast. Right, exactly. And I, I think that being able to joke about it and be honest with how we're built and how we are is part of the process of healing. And, and, and removing the stigma and recognizing the fact that this is a disease, it's not a moral failure on our part or anybody else's. And the point of this whole podcast is to talk about addiction and recovery to hopefully uh, encourage other people to, to get help if they need it or if they want it. Right, you know? and the way to do that is being upfront and vulnerable with how we are, regardless of how much time that we have. Exactly. And, and, and I, I, I was thinking about the fact that a few years ago, uh, it would have been hard to get guests because they'd, they'd say something like, I don't want my family to know, or this is going to make me look bad. Right. Or employment or anyone. It, it's, it, was, it was definitely a lot harder back then to be who we truly are. Exactly. So I'm, I'm trying to look at the positive of this whole thing. And I, and I think it's really good. If you hear noises, uh, they are redoing a uh, part of our transitional housing program just above my office here. So they're pounding on the floor and stuff like that. So that's, that's, that's what the noises are if you hear it in the background. Okay. And speaking of people who can talk about success or recovery and their past addiction issues, you keep finding these wonderful guests. So who is it today? I do. So today, first, I want to explain what I'm wearing. Oh, I forgot to ask you. Yes. I always feel, I feel like a dirty old man saying, hey, Rachel, what are you wearing today? Well, let's be honest, Randall. Um, so today, I think the word for today I was thinking this morning is incredible. So it's going to go along the lines with our guests, but as well as who I'm representing. And today I'm tag teaming representing two incredible men in the community. Um, one, you can't really see my shirt, but this is a shirt in honorary of Tallwall who passed away um, not too long ago in a biking accident. And he, had, he has a child and he had a child on the way. And so there was an honorary workout to, um, to gain money to give to his, his incredible wife as well. And then my hat represents, it's my friend, Nathan Peck, who is started a scholarship and it's an MVP scholarship okay. at Fit Cover for those that don't have funding or don't have the means. And so they can just go to him and they can be a part of a community without having to worry about the financial burdens of it. So those are who I'm representing today. Are you, are you going to run out of stuff to wear every day? Yeah, I need people to send me stuff. I am for sure. I'm like, what am I going to wear next week? Send Rachel t-shirts, hats, anything. Right, exactly. And I will absolutely, I would love to represent because it's not about me. It's about the community. Right. About, um, everyone that's involved in it. So it's an honor to be able to represent. 
And it's an honor to introduce your guests. Who is, who is she? So today we have an incredible woman. Her name is Felicia Ferry. Um, and I am so excited for her to share her story and, and some parts about her story that she is courageous enough to be vulnerable about that we need to hear about. So without further ado, Felicia. Yay. I feel like I'm on a talk show uh, and I'm like walking out. Hey. Yep. Right, <laughs> Felicia, come on down. <laughs> Hello. So, so, so just briefly tell us about your, your story, your, your past and what you're doing now. Okay. Um, so I'm Felicia Ferry and man, I've been using um, drugs, you know, since high school, um, just started off with the little stuff and built my way up all the way to the hard stuff and was doing like the hard stuff for about 10 years. And just, um, you know, I was trying to get sober at times in and out of, um, you know, jail, some treatments, and they just never really worked because they were like a 90 day cure all, you know, it worked for a minute. And then when I got out of those, I was like, now what? And I'd go back to using, um, I have a son that's 11 and I have a really great family. You know, I don't really come from, um, you know, like, drug and alcohol family. Um, we did have, you know, there was some abuse in my parents, not my parents, but my um, mother and my, my stepfather. So growing up with that a lot. Um, I think my stepfather, he did use, but like the rest of my family, nobody else did. Um, and then they were divorced when I was younger. Um, and I just, I guess I just veered off. Um, and I stopped going to school. I think I was not doing so well in school. And so I kind of, you know, started gravitating to the drugs and hanging out with those type of people. And then I just, um, then I got really good at it. Like I was good at doing drugs, you know? And, let, let me um, stop you for a sec. You mentioned, because okay. a lot of people are watching who don't understand the, the progression of addiction. So you said you started out small. What, what age and what, what's small? What does that okay, mean? Okay, so probably like, you know, 15, I started, you know, smoking weed, uh, sniffing like weird random pills, um, just like uh, Adderall or um, just even over-the-counter stuff like drama meat, weird stuff like that. And, um, you know, alcohol and... Uh, yeah, and I just slowly started getting up to the bigger stuff. Um, I was still in high school, you know, I started doing Oxycontin and then, you know, graduated to heroin and meth and just did it all. People, people watching would say, well, I presume you grew up in Utah, is that right? I did. Well, drugs like that aren't available to kids and stuff like that, are they? Oh, but they are. <laughs> You know, um, they're everywhere. And I even at one point I was like, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna move to Arizona and run away from all of this. <laughs> but you know, when I got down there, I even moved out to the middle of nowhere and I still was able to, you know, find what I what I wanted. I didn't mean to interrupt the progression of your story. So go oh, ahead. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Um uh so let's see, where was I? I don't know. Um you were getting yeah. deeply into drugs. <laughs> yes. And, um, and, you know, my family, like for a long time, my family was always chasing me, like, because I was always doing like crazy stuff. And I, I disappear for long periods of time. I mean, I mean, they would put flyers out 
for me at one point, looking for me, like, I can't even imagine what I was putting them through. And um, finally, it got to the point where they were like, you know what, and my mom was taking care of my son. And they were just like, you know, we can't, we can't have this in our life anymore. Cause I was just putting them through crazy stuff. I was stealing their things. I was just lying all the time. And um, so finally they were like, you know what, we have to wash our hands of you. Like you can't, you can't come around. So for a long time, I was like, oh great. You know, now I don't, I don't have them bugging me anymore. They can do whatever I want. And you know, if I had any kind of court things going on, I just like put that all aside and never worried about any of that. So I had no, nothing to worry about. I could just use drugs, do whatever I wanted. Um, but then it started going things out. Like during um, the, like what came up? Um, you know, I had from the beginning, it was probably like shoplifting. Um, I don't even know, just a long line of a lot of shoplifting, um, paraphernalia, um, and then when I started, you know, getting more deep into it, you know, getting charges for firearms and uh, I don't even know, like just a ton of, ton of court stuff that I have dealt with. I got to the point where I was on my way to prison. You were a badass. <laughs> I was. Those <laughs> charges, so you said you were running, did you run from your charges? Like, did you obtain warrants throughout this? Oh party? yeah, for sure, for sure. So I had warrants um, and, you know, at this last point, like I was going, gonna go to prison, but then, you know, I was actually offered um, Odyssey and drug court. Actually, was I was offered drug court. But before I get there, let me just hurry and back it up just a little bit. Um, so I was, you know, just doing my own thing. And then I started getting myself into situations where I would wake up in an alley, not knowing what happened to me. Um, I've been left out in the middle of nowhere with no clothes. I had to walk, you know, into the city like that. And, and that's, I mean, it's because of things that I did, you know, I did bad things to people. And so they were retaliating on me. So it was just a two way street, like not good either way. Um, and I just kept getting myself, like I was, my parents were just waiting for me to, for someone to call and say that I was dead, that somebody killed me or that I had overdosed. And, um, you know, I've kind of burnt all my bridges. And um, so then I was like, you know what, this time when I go to jail, cause I knew I was gonna go because I had warrants. Um, I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be somebody. Like I've gotta turn this around. Um, I, I know I meant for something better than this. And so I, I made that plan and I was just waiting for it to, I was kind of procrastinating for sure. Um, but I was, I knew once, once I was arrested this time, I was going to do something different. So you would say that you, you were running until you got caught, but then when you got caught or if you got caught, that would be your opportunity for change yeah. by being incarcerated. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, so I went to jail and um, I'm hanging on the edge of my seat here to figure what happened. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> um, so I, you know, went to jail and they offered drug court. And at first, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I'll just get out on drug court. I, I'll just keep being around the same people doing the same thing, but I won't use drugs. And we all know how that goes. <laughs> and um, that was my first plan at first, you know, because um, I was still kind of iffy about it. 
But then I went into the courtroom for drug court and I looked in the audience and I saw all these people dressed in suits, all nice. And I'm like, whoa, what are, who are those people, you know? And I, then I found out they're from Odyssey and I was like, oh, well, they look like they got things going on. And so I asked the judge, I was like, can I, um, can I go to inpatient, you know? Um, and I even waited in jail. I could have gotten out a little bit earlier, but I waited in jail so I could go to this inpatient. Um, and then, so why I spent the rest of my time in jail, you know, I didn't link up with anybody. I stick to myself. I read as many books as I could, like self-help books, business books, anything I could. And I just read, read, read. And, um, and then when I, when Odyssey came and picked me up, I was like, okay, here is where I get to reinvent myself, you know? So you went, and people don't understand, Odyssey is probably considered the most, probably the most difficult program to go through, but if you complete it and you graduate, it's one of the most successful. So describe what you had to go through, how long it took, and I understand you did, you did residential, then you did outpatient, all that. So describe the process for people who don't understand. Okay, so... Um... Yeah, it's, it's a pretty long process. Again, it's not a 90 day and you're all better deal. <laughs> um, so I, you know, you go into inpatient and I love how they really built you up, set you up step by step so that when you graduate, like I'm not doing really anything different. You know, I, I got a job while I was, I, I was inpatient. So in inpatient, you know, you kind of learn how to um, how to cope with the outside world, how to handle situations. Um, you know, a lot of people do think, oh, this, this place is all about rules and blah, blah, blah. And well, you know, like life is all about rules and, and that's kind of, and it is really hard if you go against it, like it's definitely a tough program, but if you kind of just flow with it, um, it gets easier. And, um, you know, I, I loved, I loved being in, inpatient, um, I was, uh, so you get like a job in there and I was part of the kitchen crew and that's where I learned, I like, I like to be in the kitchen. Um, I don't know why, but I just do. Um, and uh, then I was offered a, a, to start a job while I was in there. So I would go to this job and just work like four hours a day, but it was good for me. So when I um, got out to sober living, you know, I, ha I had a job and I could start paying rent. Um, and then I, I still actually have that job. And but then I, when I got into sober living is when I went to outpatient and uh, in both in inpatient and outpatient, I worked through all the, the levels. And then I even at outpatient, I made it all the way to house supervisor. So I got a feel of little, like a little bit of everything. So regarding your stay, um, so I know you said you started and you work out Wasatch Fresh, correct? Yes. And so you're trying to regain, reinvent your life. And from what I understand, when you started there, you were a dishwasher. Yeah, I was just a dishwasher and and I didn't get paid very much at all. Um, but I definitely, I moved my way up and, and it was all part of a plan. Like I had this whole plan in my head. Um, and then I started going to Fit to Recover um, and that I found that that was like my place in life um, for sure. And so 
I was always going there consistently, working at Wasatch Fresh, and then I started slowly moving up at that job, um, started getting paid a little bit more, doing more, more duties, um, and now I do everything there. I could, you could put me in any, any position and I could do it. And they really, they work really well with my schedule. So it was a really good pivot job. And we've had other people from Odyssey come there. And, you know, at first there, a lot of people don't hang because it is washing dishes, but if you stick with it, you know, you can move up. Um, it's definitely not a job that I want to be at forever. And then I've now started doing um, meal prep at Fit to Recover and I love it. There's so many opportunities and we're definitely expanding on that. What was, uh, what was the total time from the time you entered uh, orientation at Odyssey Residential to the time that I understand you, you just, uh, this will be airing probably a week or two later, but you just graduated recently from outpatient. So going from the steps were residential to transitional sober living to outpatient and then graduation. How, how long was that whole process? That was um, two years and three months. <laughs> so, and, 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 you know, when people see these, these uh, for-profit commercials for a 30, 60, or 90-day stay at some, some posh place in Malibu, uh, right. that's, there's a big difference between actually learning everything you learned over a two-year period or going for 30 or 60 days to a place. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've gone to one of those places where it was this nice luxury, like you could just lounge around and it was all nice. It's, it's nice. And it does, you know, keep you away from the drugs and at the time, but it doesn't give you any skills of how to manage your life or anything. I mean, besides just the drug use, there's a whole bunch of other things going on, you know, and Odyssey, I feel really helps you with that. You're a good salesperson for Odyssey. I didn't even know you would be, but that's not why we ask you on. Uh, I've talked to a lot of hardcore addicts who who have gone the same route you have, who tried one of those posh places, and they said they look at those as sort of a vacation from yeah. using drugs. And you know that when you get out, you're going to use again. Yeah. So I, when you were in Odyssey House, I know that what you said, um, there's two things that stuck to me about your story. And it was that you always make your bed yeah. and the impact letters affected you the most. So what is it about making a bed and what is an impact letter? Okay, um, and so that's making my bed started within jail. You, you know, before you come out of your cell, you always had to, to make your bed. And I made sure I made it, you know, I tried to make it like um, military style. And then that moved over and then odyssey same thing you always had to make your bed and so when i um came into my own apartment i'm like okay i have to always make my bed or if i don't that might be a relapse mode <laughs> and i mean just the little tiny one but and it's not always perfect you know but i always make sure my bed's at least made i don't know why <laughs> people don't understand uh sometimes when they when they are, they're out on the street and they hear about the rules at, at odyssey uh, why there's a point to that. Can you, can you explain that? I mean, you sort of did before saying there's, we all live by rules. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it makes you, I think it makes you feel better once, once your bed's nicely made, it means kind of your life. I feel like if your house is neat, your mind's neat. You know, if your house is messy, your, your mind's kind of messy. Well, and, and you care if it's huh? 
right? That you care about your stuff yeah. and how it's presented. Yeah. And like just being in my own surroundings, like to make me feel good. And I definitely don't, you know, sometimes my room's a mess. I got laundry sometimes, but you know, I try to, for the most part, I try to keep it cleaned up. And if you just do it as you go, then you don't ever really have to, you know, clean too much. You keep referring to FTR and for somebody who might be watching this the first time, Fit to Recover is, is, is a sober gym, but also encompasses other living aspects. Can you tell us why you love it so much? Yes, I do love it. Um, so when I was using, I was always, you know, um, cautious of like my body. So sometimes I would try to even, you know, go to the gym and stuff, even though I was on drugs. But um, and I would always, you know, go for runs by myself and I was always doing it by myself. And I always thought, oh, I wish there was something I could do maybe and it would get me clean you know and I didn't even know about this place like at all I used to even run past it and I still didn't even know it existed and then when um I was in jail and Rachel came there and taught a class in the jail to the cats um people I wasn't even in cats but I would just join their little workout and I uh, slowly started to hear about it and as soon as um I got into inpatient literally the day I woke up in a jail bed by that night, I was at FTR at the gym. It was, it was kind of weird. <laughs> and from that point on, like I've stayed consistent um, for the most part, like two years. And, um, and it's not just the working out. Yes, I love the working out part makes you feel good inside and everything, but just like, that's, that's my place to like go hang out with, with people. Instead of going and hanging out using drugs, we, you know, we work out. And then, um, and then the food to recover is just, it's so, and it's not just about being on like a strict diet or anything. And at first it was like, you know, a community food thing, but since we've all had to kind of distance, there's just some staff that prepare it. But still, I, I learned new stuff uh, for myself about nutrition and just a different connection with food. And I know that um, this is very common and it's for male and females but you have body image issues. I mean, you wake up every morning and you do like this stuff is important to you. And how does that empower you with those images that you have of yourself? Like those old beliefs or the things that aren't true. That yeah. So those, my old beliefs were, so when I was using and I was super skinny, I you know, thought I was looking good. <laughs> and, um, and that was, that's my main thing. Like when I would go to jail previously and I would gain some weight, that's why when I would get out, I would have to use drugs because I wanted to lose that weight. That's the first thing that would come to my mind. And I know this time I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to gain a little bit of weight and I know it's just going to be, it's going to be a long period of time to uh, get healthy again, like um, to, you know, exercise. And I don't think I'll ever be as skinny as I was. And I've looked at some photos and I was like, dang, I didn't even realize how thin I was that I don't even want to be like that anymore. And, um, you know, so I just, I get up every day and I look at myself and I'm just like, this is what it is. And, and I love it, you know, and it's a good, it's a process. So healthy to you isn't being skinny anymore. No, not anymore. Yeah. That's I want good, to, that's go good news for a lot of people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause that's what we correlate it to and sure. that's what it's about because it's like internally too. And, 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 and doing something like meth or any kind of speed kind of drug helps you lose weight, you know, right. so. To be true, there's something wrong. It's definitely too good. So, 
I wanted to, you're doing such an incredible job and thank you for sharing your story. There's a piece of your story that I think is very important for the community to hear. And that is the fact that you pay child support. A lot of times when we think about child support, it's about the males, right? And I think it's, I think it's so empowering to speak about that part because you pay it and you pay it on time and you, what, it, what is that like for you? Um, you know, it's a little difficult, but at the end of the day, you know, I know it's going to a good place. Um, and it gets taken directly out of my check and, and, and it's given to my mother. So, cause my mother takes care of my son. And so I love that. I love that, um, you know, that I can help and, and my mom helps me. So it kind of, it's a little cycle, you know, my mom helps me when I am in a rut or whatever with money, she helps me out. And um, so it just kind of go, goes all around, you know, like, so I, I love paying for it, I guess. <laughs> but it, I, it I is a little. I, I haven't ever heard of a woman having to pay child support. That is unusual. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it makes me feel better that it's going, you know, that I can help out as much as I can. And I definitely have still a long ways to go um, to, to be more of a better, better mother and, um, yeah. So thank you. Some people, some people in 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 uh, a, a family support group that I that I help facilitate uh, always have issues with, you know, drawing boundaries with their addictive loved ones, in uh, uh, enabling them because they because they love them. Uh, it sounds to me like you were extremely distant from from your family, and now you're getting along well. Can you explain how that worked? Yeah, um, and I think that's what what I needed because I, my family was my mom was kind of enabling me because she did love me and was trying to help me, and I think she just didn't know, you know, she just didn't know how to help me, and and finally when she was like, all right, you know, you can't come around anymore. I think then I was like, oh shit, you know. Um, and for a while, you know, I, I was like, okay, cool. Bye. Um, but you know, then it started getting to me like, oh, I, I, I like my family. I love my sister and my mom. Like we are so, we are so tight all the time. And now, now I can't even go around them. Um, I think that's a lot that, you know, made me start wanting to get sober on my own. I didn't, cause I always was having, having someone push me, like telling me what I need to do and that I need to get sober. And I was just like, okay, but I really didn't want that. But then when they were like, okay, whatever, I was like, wait a minute, you know, I do want to be part of their lives. And, um, and my son, like, he just, he just loves me so much. And he's uh, so cute. <laughs> and I, I want to be part of his life. And, and his, his dad is also, you know, an addict and in and out of prison. And, um, and it's really hard to deal with that because, you know, one, again, one hand, you want to give him a chance and, and really my mom kind of deals with him, but I think that we're just kind of wiping our hands clean of him until, until he can start showing some effort like I did, you know. How, how old is your son? He's 11. Are you honest with him about the road you've taken both bad and good? I mean, oh yeah. He, he, yes, he knows, he knows, um, he knows everything. Like we don't sugarcoat, let him know, you know, this is why I was like this. And, and this is why I'm like this. And he's so proud of me. You know, he tells me all the time that he's proud of me and that he loves me. And I'm hoping, you know, that by being honest with him, instead of like, 
I think maybe for a while there when he was younger, I think we would lie to him. And so, so he's just wondering, you know, well, why? And, but now that we're more honest, I feel like that shows him, you know, not to be like that, not to go down that road. We've got about two minutes left. Rachel, you want to, you want to ask any more questions? Well, I don't know that I want to necessarily um, ask any more, any more questions. I want to tell you how courageous um, and incredible that I think you are. And I love how you can just be open about things. Um, and so I definitely value and appreciate that. And also the journey with your son, because he's still, he's still with your mom as you're getting on your feet and um, you're really doing everything that you can to be the person that you were once saying, I, I know I can be and that I want to be. And you're actually doing the work and you're putting in the work, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what I do want to say is that I think that you have gray hair. <laughs> I to point out the hair. Um, <laughs> it's good. And it's always on point. Oh, and thank you. I will let, um, Randall can end it, but what I really have been wanting to say is, bye, Felicia. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I think you heard Rachel and I talking at the beginning about how, it, how we're trying to erase this stigma that people, people can fall into an addiction, which is a disease, and can climb out of it and become productive, quote, normal people in society. Uh, and you're you're like one of the best examples we've ever had, you know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's it, I mean, you know, I hope somebody watching this will say. And and another thing you pointed out was like if like if a parent's watching this or a brother or a sister who who has a loved one who's an addict, that it's not going to help to say you got to get help, you got to get into this program. It's up to you, and and you made that decision. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, I guess we only have about 15 seconds left, but uh, I guess so. We'll, we'll thank you very much uh, and, and good luck. And, and we're going to see you in Odyssey's graduation. And the graduation is not the, the big program that it used to be because of COVID, but it will mm -hmm. be again someday. Uh, so congratulations on, on behalf of everybody who's watching. You are such an inspiration. It's just, it's unbelievable. Thank you so much. And yes, you, you will still be seeing me around. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Odyssey House Journals, you can watch it on YouTube. Just Google Odyssey House Journals and you can okay. listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, or iHeart, just okay. for people who are maybe just tuning in. And uh, so we will be back with, if Rachel comes, it's going to be hard to find a guest better than, than Felicia. I agree. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Felicia. Thank, yeah. you, for, thank you for watching. Bye. Bye. Thank you.